0: Now entering Nerdist.com
1: Hey guys, this is Ben Blacker, your moderator and creator of the Nerdist Writers Panel. Uh, hey, I just dug up this uh, recording from last year's ATX Fest, which is the television festival in Austin every June, and it's right around the corner. You guys gotta come. Uh, this is a really fun panel. It kind of points to how the, the the vibe of the place, but this year... There's so much cool stuff going on. I'm excited that they're even inviting me. Um, There's a Gilmore Girls reunion with Amy Sherman Palladino, Lauren Graham, Alexis Bledel, and a whole ton of cast members. There's a uh, Justified... Uh, event celebrating the end of the show With Graham Yost, the creator of the show Whom you know I adore um, There's a, a panel about Wayward Pines This new show uh, that's coming out Which is really cool that you guys are going to like uh, All kinds of really fun stuff Boomtown they're going to talk about Which was Graham Yost's uh, old show And uh, he'll be there And uh, Michael T. Williamson And Neil McDonough and some other cool people it's going to be crazy, it's going to be fun You don't want to miss it uh, Go to ATXFestival.com Get your badge uh, And join us I'm just looking at the lineup now And uh, I'm so impressed uh, our, our pals from Drunk History Are going to be there, Derek Waters um, Man, this is really good This is really good, you guys should come uh, ATXFestival.com June 4th through 7th 2015 2015 uh, I'll be there. What more reason do you need? It's the Nerdist Writers Panel and it's hosted by Ben Lecker, where he gets a bunch of writers and he asks them lots of questions and it's starting now, so this will be the end
2: of the
3: theme. Let me make quick introductions and then we're going to have a, a look at a video and then we're going to come back to the, the discussion about spoilers. Uh, Bo Williman is the producer and showrunner for House of Cards. In episode one of season two of House of Cards, he managed to provoke a tsunami of... Uh, Spoilers and very nearly break the internet. Uh, welcome, both. <laughs> Nick Wexler plays Jack Porter in Revenge, a show known uh, to use spoilers as the opening of, of every season. Welcome, Nick. Carrie Aaron is the producer and showrunner for Bates Motel, a personal favorite of mine. Gives us subtleties and complexities, uh, once impossible on TV. Welcome, Carrie. (laughs) Uzo Aduba is uh, uh, an actress and the brilliant co-creator of Suzanne Crazy Eyes Warren in (laughs) Orange is the New uh, Black. Welcome, Uzo. Tim Goodman is the chief TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter and the creator of the revelational, sometimes revolutionary, blog Bastard Machine. Welcome, Tim. (laughs) Eric Pallada is the director of social media for Netflix uh, and our expert uh, here on the panel uh, in matters of new media. He was the brains behind Spoiler Foiler. Uh, Welcome, Eric. So my wife and I did a barbecue for Memorial Day, and we invited neighbors. And uh, one of our, we told one of our neighbors that we were watching, a, preparing to binge watch uh, House of Thrones. The most extraordinary thing happened. She started to kind of vibrate with excitement, um, and and she was started to beam almost with pride, like she couldn't believe our good fortune, and she couldn't believe, you know, the connection we were about to have through this show. And I remember watching her and thinking to myself, you know, this never used to happen when you told somebody you were watching the Dukes of Hazard or, or or Three's company, right? It just it didn't build this kind of connection. And I think, you know, as an anthropologist to study American culture and to see this thing happen, this revolution in our midst is is really very extraordinary. Because we had guys like Helmut Minow telling us with due solemnity that the TV was the idiot child of the arts and letters and that you know the best we could hope for would be Three's Company and and, and that was it. Uh, but in point of fact it got steadily better. Um, and and against all the odds and against in the teeth of that criticism and that disdain from intellectuals, it, it got better. It got so good, I think we now are passionately engaging with it in new ways. And I think as a culture we're still struggling to come to terms with the intensity of the TV and the intensity of our response. And so I think some of the kind of the, discu- the, the fact of spoilers in our culture and the intensity of the discussion around spoilers is some symptom of the fact that we're in the midst of this change. A culture in which TV didn't really matter to a culture in which TV is now really at the heart of our culture. Popular culture effectively has become culture plain and simple. So it's a huge revolution and I, and I think the, the, the discussion around spoilers Is our opportunity to kind of take on the larger implications of the revolution, and I think Netflix, if if I may speak for Netflix, you know, took a look at this and said, really, this is next to binge viewing, which was you know kind of the last topic. This is one of the. This is an opportunity for us as a culture to contemplate the change taking place in our midst. So that's why we're here uh, today to talk about uh, spoilers, and um, I'm going to begin, if I may, with Bo, and. and with that uh, first episode of the second season of House of Cards, when you created a scene so powerful, millions of people couldn't believe what they had just seen. Um, and and they, they were jonesing to tell somebody. You know, it was such a big emotional event in your life, you felt like you had to share it, if only to kind of offload the, 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 the weight of this thing. They had to share. And we might say, in effect, that you, Bo, were instrumental in forcing people to spoil.
4: Uh, What do you say to that? First of all, House of Thrones sounds like a great (laughs) show Peter Dinklage's National Security Advisor Yeah, Um, uh, I don't know, forcing people to spoil That sounds fascist, I guess Uh, You know, look, our our goal As the goal has always been Since I Love Lucy uh, Or theater before that Going all the way back to the Greeks is just to tell a good story. Uh, And part of telling a good story is uh, finding ways to surprise yourself as a storyteller and hoping that that will surprise your audience and give them the same thrill and exhilaration of the possibility of the world that you're creating. Uh, Always knew that Zoe was going to meet her demise in episode one of season two, well before even began writing uh, season one. Uh, when we cast kate in fact we we told her as much uh, and uh you know it was a very difficult thing to keep secret uh the The day that we shot that particular scene uh in Baltimore, you know we only had five sets of sides printed up so that no one could accidentally uh you know t- toss one in the garbage and someone would find it we did a little disinformation campaign where we took a lot of photos of kate on set and then we would tweet those out over the course of production making it look as though she was there the whole time uh you know it's there there were a lot of shows that preceded us that really took secrecy seriously and i don't think uh you know it, it really came out of anything more you know whether it was the sopranos or uh with mad men uh uh maintaining the integrity of the viewing experience for the audience. Now, once it gets released, and particularly on Netflix, since you're releasing all in one day, anything's fair game. Anything can happen. But what I've found surprising and wonderful is that the audience tends to be really respectful of one another. If you don't want to find spoilers, you can often avoid them. Uh, I still get tweets from people halfway around the world who are watching. I'll get one today, I'm sure, of someone watching episode one of season two for the first time and still being surprised by it. How did that person over all these months avoid it? And I think that there's a sort of like communal, like looking out for each other, you know? And that started with box sets and, and DVR where someone says, Hey, I, I, you know, are you caught up on season three of The Wire? No, I haven't watched it. Don't tell me anything. And somehow, miraculously, for most of humanity, it's, it's possible to avoid someone like me forcing a spoiler <laughs> down Fair your enough. throat. Well
3: said. <laughs> um, Eric, you had a chance to watch um, this event take place online. Uh, and, and as the show launched, you were tracking various social media. Can you tell us what you're, what sort of changes you're seeing in the way people talk about shows uh, online and, and off?
5: Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, you know, as you were talking about this creative revolution in TV, I think that's not lost on the consumer. And they have a deep respect for the material, and they don't want to spoil it for people. So what we would see is actually a very interesting kind of coded language pop-up mm. where you had people saying things like, um, wow, season two of House of Cards really hits you like a train. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, that's how people would deal with it is they would say, I'm in the know, I know exactly what happened, but if you don't, I don't want to ruin it for mm. you. Um, and I think that offline, it's a little bit different because you have you have a context of... Um, online, you don't have a context of where somebody is in the viewing experience or where... Uh, their state of mind is, but but uh, offline is probably a friend or someone you work with, and so you can have a very you can set the stage and say, "Where are you? Have you seen it? Um, are you someone that loves t v or not uh, Is a spoiler going to matter to you or is it not so you, you ha- it 's a much easier to judge uh, whether you should be dropping a spoiler or not.
4: There were three main tweets thirty seven minutes in after the launch one was o m g one was WTF, and the other was holy shit. And it was just like, it was like, OMG, OMG, WTF, holy shit, OMG, holy shit, WTF. And, uh, and by the way, we have a little surprise for you guys coming in later today that I'm not going to spoil. Um, <laughs> but you can feel free to tweet those three same tweets when that happens yeah.
3: in, 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 a, in a little while. Yeah. The exclamations aside... It's nice to see that the subtlety we see in TV dialogue is, is actually showing up as people talk about TV. TV about TV has taken on some of the subtlety, uh, and, that, and that's interesting. Um, can I ask, um, Uzo, you've had a chance to observe people talking about your show and your character in particular online and offline. Could,
2: could you share that with us? with regards to spoiling uh, Spo- yeah with regards to spoiling i think i'm in agreement with both of these gentlemen because definitely i think what eric just touched on is absolutely true the mm-hmm. coded language that's developed mm-hmm. because i know before the world of spoiling being on mm-hmm. facebook or being on twitter and watching my friends talk about shows i think because we didn't really know the etiquette of how to yes. handle shows coming out and having the, the advent of DVR or the advent of binging what to say but then when Netflix came out with the dropping all the episodes at once suddenly it felt like as mm. a culture we came up with this coded language to discuss mm. television so our show even just came out our second season just came out yesterday mm. in the middle of the night and it's interesting to watch people it's interesting to watch people who finished the, sh- the season and you know, want to touch on something towards the end. Their coded language in the body of their Facebook message will say something like V V V. Period. <laughs> and then, what I think is interesting is people who want to be invited into the conversation, who know what that's about, will then comment. And then, a conversation in more detail will happen within the comments. But those people who haven't maybe reached episode four or reached episode mm. seven, they kind of stay away. They just keep. Scrolling up on their <laughs> newsfeed until they've gotten, and then they'll return to that, you know, that post, and then discuss what's happening there. Um, I think that's interesting, and s- certainly with season two now dropping, and sort of watching the ride that Suzanne Crazy Eyes is taking, and watching that transformation happen, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of cool to just see people start to plug in mm-hmm. to those changes and who. Unplugs until they've reached that episode, and those people who further tap into the conversation.
3: Very nice, thank you. Um, uh, Carrie, are spoilers always bad?
6: That's a big question. <laughs> I'm not sure I can answer that. Mm. Um, I think I think they 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 can serve a function of um, of bringing viewers in or get getting the attention of people who weren't watching the show, mm. and I, and I suppose that that's good. Um, it it feels like um, for people who watch the show religiously that mm. it's that it's sort of um, not very nice to them. Right. In order to grab the other viewers.
3: <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like we have sort of two sets of citizens: those who are committed to the show and don't want spoilers, and those who are still shopping or right. And for them, the spoiler yeah. can sometimes be uh, a tease that brings yeah. them in. Yeah, totally. Excellent, um, Nick. Can I ask you? You've had to grapple with the teaser issue I- while doing interviews. Could Could you
0: talk about what that experience is like? Yeah. Well, um, it, it might just be true that I'm a I'm a shitty shitty person to interview, <laughs> but um, but I think uh, it's it's made me feel like a really horrible interview <laughs> because I can never give you any information that you ask for. <laughs> So, I mean, but it, that's, this is the first show I've been on, granted I haven't been on tons of shows, but this is the first show I've been on that anyone's really asked for, like, so what's coming next, what's, what's coming next? And that's a testament to the way they um, build the tension and, and mm. stuff on the show. But um, But, yeah, they're always asking for the next, you know, they want some exclusive interview or piece of information and I can never give it. And so it's it creates this weird (laughs) tension in interviews. Um, Yeah, I mean it's it's not a not a huge problem uh, (laughs) between me and the interviewer, but it's just it's it's a weird weird uh, skill. Yeah, yeah. How
6: do you pitch something without being able to say it?
0: Yeah, yeah. And I have to just find like really vague ways of saying things, and it feels like I'm not saying anything at all. (laughs) And maybe it's back to the coded language strategy that Uzo was talking
3: about, right? You find ways of working with implication without having to give the...
2: Absolutely. I think, yeah. like, you, we will be in interviews... It's funny because you'll have people who will want to ask you, like, friends or even interviews will be like, tell me everything that happens. And you're like... And they're like, tell me nothing. Don't tell me anything. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to know anything. Don't tell me anything. It's like they, they don't want to be spoiled at the same time. Mm, totally. Nobody wants to really absolutely. be spoiled. That's the thing.
0: I think they... Look, are we still the, the most obese uh, nation? Um, <laughs> we obviously like things that aren't good for us. Um, and I think wanting spoilers is one of those things. Like, even if, if I gave it to you, you would hate it. Yeah. If, you, if you actually love this show or any of these shows... If if someone told gave you the information you're asking for, it would ruin everything. Yeah,
2: because you see when people do click on Facebook, yeah. and then learn what happened. They're like, come on, yeah. like they didn't want to yeah. really get the answer. They wanted to yeah. experience.
0: It's it's important that you're asking. It's not important that I tell you. <laughs> That's beautifully said.
3: Um, Tim, we're, you we're a
0: actually wonderful... sorry. we're actually trying to solve that problem
5: a little bit. Um, we've actually focused a lot of the. The interviews in the press store for oranges New black after launch, um, and that's to enable basically press like Tim to be able to ask deeper questions and for Uzo to be able to give a deeper answer so um, while I'm sure Tim doesn't love waiting uh, <laughs> it it does uh, enable a deeper conversation and hopefully you know Nick you wouldn't feel as you know unable to talk about something because people would have already seen it potentially.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim, you, you um, did a wonderful series of uh, uh, posts and articles in which you talk about the constraints that various parties would put on you when it comes to talking about plot points. Tell us about
7: those. Your feeling on that topic? Well, there's always a, there's always going to be the. I mean, we have our own burden as TV critics not to spoil things. I mean, you don't you don't want to spoil things because you only going to piss off the people who are reading it. Um, you know, and there's a theory. There was a theory before that when when the equation was 80% of television was garbage and 20% was great, you don't want to ruin it anyway. Why it's, you know, it's so bad. Why would you ruin all the good shows? But now there's so many good shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we have to keep so many spoilers and then there is no real definition of it, but we get a lot of pressure. Uh, but first I just want to say that I'm pissed at Bo for telling me Zoe died. I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) And and Nick is clearly working for the wrong channel, right? That's what you said, right? That's what you said. Okay. I'm sure ABC will love that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, like, they'll, everybody says don't spoil. So, um, you know, famously, you probably know that Matt Weiner from, um, uh, from uh, Mad Men will send out a list of things not to spoil, which generally starts, if you follow any TV critics on Twitter, it starts a little snark fest about, like, are you going to... I mean, it's impossible. His demands are crazy. I actually know him pretty well, and I love him, and I love the show. But there was one year where he said, like, I'm not going to tell anybody if Don dies, Right? Or I'm gonna tell everybody that you don't have crazy eyes though. That's, that's, a, that's bullshit right now. That is such a lie. But, you know, I'm not gonna say that Don died or that he had an affair, but don't tell me to not write that the Sterling Cooper Price has, or partners, has three floors or two floors. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> right? I mean, so we're getting into the point where showrunners are coming up with things that they don't want us to spoil that, that, that are not, I don't think, traditional spoilers. Like, don't tell somebody if there's a cliffhanger what that cliffhanger is. Don't say that uh, somebody died if they die But, you know, we, one of the things Matt said was don't talk about new characters. How, the, how am I going to do my job if I can't tell you there's a new character on, on the show? So, it's really hard and some of it gets to be far, far-fetched. like, uh, HBO was trying to talk about not spoiling Game of Thrones. I'm like, you do know there's the books, right? The books have spoiled <laughs> It's a pre-spoiled show, yeah. Uh, so, and then, but at th- that's also a thing where if you used the word to spoil Game of Thrones, you would really get stabbed, like you know. Yeah. yeah. So you, yeah. you can't do that anyway, and nor would you would you really want to. But, yeah. um, uh, and, and then there's and then there's weird scenarios that we're in now where Fargo. If anybody's watching Fargo, Fargo is actually a story that's already spoiled. I mean, it spoils mm. itself yeah. because you know what happened, and so it's the, for us. It's yeah. a uh, it's a weird. Scenario for us to go back and talk about—you already know who did it. Yeah. Everybody knows who did what, so it's yeah. it's a real it's a real strange show to write right. about when you when you advance it. But yeah, I take into consideration what the showrunners say, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, and and try not to spoil. So I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. spoil you know House of Cards, yeah. uh, <laughs> like, like he did for yeah. half the world. Um, no, I'm kidding, but uh, but there are certain things that are a little bit ridiculous, and mm-hmm. and, and as, as a critic, uh, I just try to balance. You know, I won't give away the major stuff, but don't get crazy with your demands. Well said. And you're right, one of the ways to solve this problem is to
3: write tragic television. We were talking about this before, where in the case of Bates Motel, you kind of have some sense of where the thing is headed, and so you can't... I think that may or may not be true. i interested in your thoughts on For House of Cards to the extent that it's Macbeth in, in modern clothing. But that is one strategy here, isn't it, is to kind of get that out there, and then, and then it's, it's off the table, and people know in a very vague sense without knowing it in any spoiler particular sense.
6: Yeah, that was actually something that came up when we were developing um, Bates Motel, is um, just you know studio questioning like, well, we know where this is ending. Why should we in, like why should we invest in these people? Mm. Um, and you know, obviously the goal was to know where it was know where it was going, and get everyone to hope it would go somewhere else. Right. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> um, hoping that. Yeah, and I, and I, as I do. <laughs> but but um, uh, you know, it's. I think it's really interesting to write to an end that everyone knows, and I think it, it is it's like a it's a specific kind of of goal in writing um, to to kind of pick paths that people didn't didn't
4: think about or didn't see. Mm. Mm-hmm. what's that yeah. it's a newer phenomenon that shows actually have real endings mm. uh it used yep. to be that <clears throat> sort of like life uh either a show met an, an early and violent demise uh because it wasn't getting the ratings it needed <laughs> or it petered out into old age and mm. started like pissing itself and <laughs> people just kind of put it in a retirement home and then it mm. died um But now you have, uh, you know, Breaking Bad's a good example, or The Wire, these shows that um, really are a a totality, a beginning, a middle, and an end that is deeply satisfying. And I think people more and more Mm. expect that. Um, I don't know about, you know, Tragedy and Macbeth and and all of that stuff. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't have even just said that because technically we're on a stage. <laughs> <laughs> it means I have to walk out of the room, come back in, spin three times. Fuck it. Life's <laughs> too short. Um, but uh, but I think, uh, you know, uh, you know I, I, I don't know how House of Cards is going to end. I mean, it's technically based on some books and a BBC version, but we're way, like, in another mm-hmm. world now. Mm-hmm. We don't refer to that stuff ever. Um, you know, I... I and I think there's a lot of different forms of 21st century drama or tragedy. For the Greeks, you always know how it's going to end. But uh, I, I, I wrote a play called Farragut North that became a movie, Ides of March. And the tragedy there is that Stephen wins, mm. you know, that he actually becomes a monster, that he doesn't, uh, He doesn't. Uh, you know, find himself with his eyes stabbed out. Uh, there is no fate in the 21st century. Mm. We're the masters of our own fate, and that can be just as tragic. So so who knows? Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well said, well said. So listen... Oh yeah, so sorry, this is the... Now, I don't have to spoil it. I I was told by one of the executive directors of this festival last night that Amy's ice cream is like the best ice cream on the planet. And so um, I was like, I want some. And then I figured, well, everyone should have some. So uh, Netflix is very generous and and worked on arranging this. So uh, ice cream, Amy's, is being passed out to everybody here. And uh, there's there's a limited amount... So uh, share with your friends and neighbors, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and and uh, you know try to keep the clinking down to a minimum. See how much sweeter it tastes that he didn't spoil the surprise. <laughs> but I am forcing ice cream down your throat. <laughs>
3: Okay, we have some sense then that the spoiler issue is getting worked out online. There's an etiquette, as Uzo was saying, there's a coded language, as Eric was saying. This issue is kind of getting, getting resolved to some extent, never perfectly, but we're on the, we're on the job, as it were. Um, spoilers in real life with your friends at the office at home, that's a different issue, and it feels like it's still a work in progress. What I wanted to do was to ask panelists if they would uh, talk about spoilers in their own lives, uh, spoilers when they have been the victim, spoilers when they have been the perpetrator. So that's what i like you to comment on. And I want to start with Eric, who I happen to know from my own bitter experience is is a practice spoiler. Uh,
5: well, it's probably because, uh, you know, in my work in, in social media, we, we don't spoil. Um, mm. So then in, in my personal life, one of the things I, I really don't like is when you're having a conversation with someone and they have this real overreaction of oh, don't you know don't spoil it for me and your conversation just comes to a halt <laughs> so uh, so I'm a little bit more liberal with talking about um, TV and and movies and I and I just I kind of have an expectation that you're also keeping up if you really care about TV and movies um, but uh, yeah I mean that's I don't I don't fear them as much and I actually believe that Spoilers entice people to want to watch a show. Mm. I mean, I've read all of the Game of Thrones books. It makes me want to watch the show more. Mm. Um, you know, knowing that something happens, like even with the Zoe moment, if I told you that um, Frank kills Zoe, you're not going to know that he pushed her in front of a train, mm. and you're not going to know that. He... <laughs> see, see, I have no, without no remorse whatsoever.
3: Without <laughs>
5: Um, and then, uh, but also you don't know that he actually spins her don't tell, Don't
4: tell him that he's, <laughs> he's so wearing a like hat yourself. when he does it. <laughs> you get the point.
3: <laughs> Very good. Uh, Kim, yeah. do you have uh, thoughts on spoilers in your own personal experience making them suffering them?
7: Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, uh, most people just avoid me at a party. Because <laughs> I think I would just tell everybody that everybody died. Because I get it all in advance. So like you, have, you, have, you have like the first six... Game of Thrones? I'm like, yeah, everybody died. <laughs> so, you know, so I, I don't really, you know, I, I just sort of, I'm, I, I'm more impressed by people who can actually keep a secret. I was really, because I didn't read the books for Game of Thrones, so I was, and I, ta- I think it's hard, I mean, I don't know it sounds weird, but it's hard, I think, to shock people who've been either making television for a long time or critiquing it for a long time, but I was shocked by the season one ending of which is great. I love to be shocked because I'm so rarely shocked. And, I, and But when I went online and I was like, I'm so proud of the people who read the books for not ruining that for me. Hmm. You Because know, I also believe, we, I think we're going to get this at some point. But when you're on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, you're going to get spoiled. So you're making a conscious choice. You're taking the risk. Uh, and it's just part of my job. So I'm on there all the time. And I was on there the whole time and no one spoiled that. So that was, that was fantastic.
3: Yeah. And that happened pretty fast, I think. Just a few months, you know. There was a time when you just couldn't go online, couldn't use social media with that. I was talking for research purposes to some guy who was following so, um, Sons of Anarchy. He was keen to find out about one of the characters from season two, and the autocomplete on Google told him that that character was to die in the next <laughs> season. So it was, like, totally unavoidable in those circumstances. but. Some move, so we have to talk to Google. Um, but some movement there, I think. Uh, Uzo.
2: Um, well, I don't spoil. I don't spoil from for our show. Certainly, you know, we shot the whole season, and I didn't say anything about it for however many months between when we were shooting to when the show came out, um, just because um, people didn't want to be. I didn't want to be spoiled when I was watching, say. Well, House of Cards, for example. I love House of Cards. And I, my jaw just hit the ground when that first episode came out. I couldn't believe it. And so I think then anybody who I was around who was a fan of the show but hadn't either yet started it or hadn't gotten to episode you know, 9 or something or episode 10 with the... You know, talk- you
4: know what I'm talking. About. <laughs> yeah, you know the what I'm talking. The three
2: chums. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. um, That's what I typically do. I'll usually ask someone, "What? How far are you?" And if they tell me how far they are in the the season, I can fully talk about those episodes and I'll go full in about them and, and just be like, "And can you believe, Robin? Right? I mean, I know. You know, we'll go in in that hmm. conversation, but I usually reserve it." Um, and speak, again, in that coded language mm. and Write something on my Facebook Or tweet something like Frank Underwood And it's a code just to Whoever knows what that means mm. Call me and let's talk about <laughs> it you know, Let's talk about it you know? And that's, that's usually my position it's, When we, it's when we p- were
5: talking about uh, the 3 chim
4: We called it doing some secret service
2: <laughs>
4: Or the meet around <laughs> yes. Enjoy your ice cream
3: (laughs) It is a power position To know something that somebody else uh, Doesn't yet know to, to, it's it's like you're a messenger from the future in some sense. Yeah. You know what their future is going to be and it's very hard in some circumstances not to extract the power that that gives you, not to leverage the power that gives you. Um, <laughs> Carrie, I, I mean I think, you know, and I, I see it played out, uh, I, I see it played out in the ethnographies we're doing with people in the office place where there's all this gamesmanship going on where people quite happily spoiling to a purpose to avenge, you know, ancient grudges and God knows what's going on in the politics. It's a, it's a house of cards situation in most Uh, most offices Um, so anyhow yeah I think it's a live issue Carrie
6: Uh, I was just going to say that sometimes you actually don't know because you were saying like you have this power that you know things sometimes you don't know what is actually spoil worthy Um, for instance the um, the See now I'm like I'm so I'm so programmed I'm like can I say this um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope I'm not spoiling this. but when um, Norman when up. Norman kisses Norman and uh, Norma yes. kisses him at the end like we did not realize that was going to be such a big deal uh, the fact that the, a lot of other stuff that happened in that episode we were super secretive about but mm-hmm. we didn't really realize, you know, I don't know what that says about us, but yeah. it, it it didn't seem like a huge deal, but that actually yeah. became like kind of the most buzzworthy moment out of it. Um, mm. And then also, I just wanted to say, just it's been a very funny experience dealing with spoilers, because I came off of Friday Night Lights, mm. which is a beautiful show. Mm. W- not a huge ratings mm. maven, you know. Um, and then I'm working with Carlton Cuse, who was on Lost, which was you know, like a colossal like spoiler yeah. type of show so he's yeah. like super hyped up about like i had to learn all this i didn't know it you know right. i was like we would go out on the street and try to tell people stuff about friday night lights <laughs> 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 That's so um uh you know it was just it's like, a, it was like it was a whole uh process that that just kind of amazed me that that someone cared that much about something that was in my head
4: <laughs>
6: so it was, a, it was just interesting
3: yeah you've talked about the intimacy oh, no. of the connection between viewer and 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 a show. Can you say more about
6: well the thing is if you um, like I, I'm a very internal person like I've spent a lot of <laughs> way too much time in my imagination um, and in my own head, and i when i when I write, it definitely comes from a place where it feels real to me like i I love. The Bateses, mm. um, and so when you have fans like on Twitter and stuff that are so that kind of are viewing it the same way you are, mm. it's very moving, mm. you know. And it and it actually means a lot, you know. And it, and it reminds me a little bit of like one of your kids playing in a neighborhood, and you're all like, "Hey, let's pretend this." And it's like, "Okay, mm. let's pretend Norman Norman Bates mm. Live in this house," and right. you know, it feels really real and it's kind of awesome. Yeah, lovely, lovely.
3: Nick. Uh. Spoilers you, you, you as the victim You as the perpetrator Of spoilers in your own life
0: Well I never I think I literally Never spoil um, Unless someone Is specifically asking And even then I often refuse If my friends are saying mm. Like tell me What's going to happen next What about shows Other than your own Are you ever spoiling Um I never No p- Partly because I rarely watch TV. <laughs> um, But yeah That's <laughs> an awful thing But But um <laughs> I'm gonna get on top of that. <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, I mean I, I you know, I mean I don't I don't mean I'm really kind of neurotic about not wanting anything spoiled for me. I don't even like when someone you know, says, Oh my god, like like just just wait like halfway through. Like right. you know, just right. w- there's there's right. something happening. Like, don't even say that. Yeah, asshole. I know exactly. Like now I know that there's a thing coming halfway through. <laughs> yeah. Talk um,
3: about coded language. Oh, my God, has almost become a great way of identifying an incoming spoiler. Yeah, right? yeah. People use it's, that it's phrase. A, it's a
0: form of, of spoiler. I mean, it's a safer form, so I don't know mm. exactly what it is, but now mm. I know to expect something, yeah. and I, I want to not see anything coming. Yeah. So yeah. I wish people would just shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 but uh, um, well, I'll say this. There's a story. This, this has to do with a book, but it's one of my favorite Spoiler uh, stories um, I was at the Wiltern which is a venue in Los Angeles, and they used to have this screen that would pop down um, and uh, and they would project whatever things on it and and um, they had this thing where you could text this number and they would put some like there was probably some automated thing yeah. that would that. that would you know scan what you texted mm. for bad language or whatever but other than that it would put basically whatever you, you right. texted to the number up on the, on the screen and it would yes I know and it would, <laughs> and it would see, you'll, you'll see in a second and it would scroll so, so you didn't know what you were reading until you read it <laughs> so s- somebody and this is like a brilliant way to do this it's fucked but it's hilarious <laughs> they blew the entire ending of the Harry Potter books oh. Like, when they had just come out, when the last oh. one had just come out. Yeah, oh. like for the entire... So And it was great, because you're reading along, and you're like, I don't know what any of this... Ma- oh, my God! <laughs> you just hear, like, this collective groan. And I, yeah. But, but that's, that's the asshole you are when you say shit on Facebook.
4: <laughs> Very good. Uh, Bo, personal experience? Okay, it's a very personal experience where I'm probably both victim and perpetrator. I was talking to a reporter earlier today about losing my virginity, as one does. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so imagine it's uh, you know it's it's. Uh, Valentine's Day and the Violent Femmes are playing right mm. and I was with uh, <laughs> this has nothing to do with TV uh, And I was, I was uh, you know i I'd been, I'd been with this uh, girl for a while and she's a little more experienced than me and she's like okay now's, now's the day Valentine's Day right and she goes I, I hate I hope this doesn't spoil it for you but you're probably not going to last that long and that's okay it's your first time and uh, she was absolutely right. You know, it was like fantastic 47 seconds. You know? but, um, and and the, the best part of the story, actually, is I, I had to run out, of, like, leave immediately after because I was late for this improv group that I was in <laughs> called The Six Milks. And, uh, and I show up, and it was like bad, bad if you were ever late for rehearsal. And I get in there, and, and the, the head of the troupe goes... Bo, why are you late? And I'm like, uh... And he goes, you better have just, like, lost your virginity or something. That's sort of, and I was like, I did, in fact, just lose my virginity. It was like high fives. We all went to the bar, downed a few pictures, and then, like, I went back to my girlfriend. But, uh... <laughs> uh it, it, anyway, uh, I, I guess, uh... Yeah, I don't know. That was, like, an interesting. <laughs> anyway, don't spoil stuff. Yeah. <laughs> She didn't really spoil it for me. She was just being honest about, you know, I guess, biology. And, um, you know, it's like we all know the ending, right? We're all going to die. So it's like that's a big spoiler for you if you didn't know that. Um, you know, it's hashtag spoiler point. alert. You know.
2: Be, thank you, sir.
4: Thank you for your candor. Um, uh, <laughs> We're in Austin. I just feel like... Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Um...
3: So listen, you know, in the 1990s sometime, Chris Carter was the showrunner for The X-Files, and he got a note from uh, a member of his fan community that said, you know, we've noticed um, plot inconsistencies in seasons 6 and 7, and we've rewritten the scripts to take these discrepancies out. We, We fixed this for you. You made a mistake. We took ownership of the plot, and we fixed these scripts. And I think for a lot of people... So for Chris Carter, it was like, oh my God, I've got great fans. Oh my God, my fans are driving me crazy, right? They're presuming to know about this show. They're presuming a kind of ownership or an authority over this show. So I just wanted to ask... And in fact, I'm doing these ethnographies with people. I'm listening to them talk about TV. I'm listening to them talk about their spoiler avoidance strategies, their spoiler perpetu- uh, perpetuation, perp- something or other... And what I'm hearing from them often is this sense of, this is my show. It's that intimacy Carrie was talking about that's kind of taken on almost pathological proportions where people feel not just that they love this show and they're connected to the show, but they somehow own the show. And you get this kind of weird, you know, they act as critics in, on their own behalf. You see fans sort of taking over the role of everybody on this panel, right? It's not cool. What? <laughs> it's totally not cool. Um, I just wondered if people might comment. And Uzo, I think you've made some one interesting remarks uh, in interviews about what it's like to have fans come up to you and tell you about episodes, uh, perform episodes you were in as if this is news to you,
2: <laughs> you know, right? Like
3: as if you don't know about the show or about this particular moment.
2: Oh, Let's absolutely. People will want to – it's funny to be on the subway and people will want to sit you down and walk you through – start to finish of the script and be like, in the beginning, what happened was... And I'm like, I was, I was actually in the room where, where this... You know, I said those lines, actually. Like, totally I said... Right, I'll throw my pie for... Like, I said it. Like, I said it, You know, like, yeah. I was there, you know. Um you be like, you be like, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, really? Yeah. And then, yeah, like, then use said... <laughs> like, yeah, they want to... They, they identify and... It, it, you know, it's this very intimate experience. It really is of inviting people into your home generally when you have somebody over for dinner, when you have somebody over for drinks. It's very intimate. You've chosen to invite them into this space. So every night or for however many hours, 13 hours in the case of our show, people are having their dinner and we are in their homes mm. and they feel like they know us mm. and we are part of whatever mm. experience it is that they're having for yep. those 13 hours so yeah, they, they do know Suzanne, they do know Tasty, they do know Red and they feel like they know the journey. Well in our case they certainly have learned the backstory of those people. Mm. It's just an interesting experience how how tied in and how easily how easily we get woven into the mm. fabric of their own mm. lives and mm. and they want to claim and continue to reclaim every piece of you yeah. as best they can. Um
6: well, it's also interesting because I, what well, creative people generally—it's like you pull from very real parts of yourself. So, in a weird way, they do know you. It's <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so in a weird way they know the most intimate parts of you, um, and and that's kind of interesting <laughs> to, yeah. have, to have all that out there. Yeah,
4: yeah. if, it, if anyone uh, fixes our scripts, I'll. Say thank you so much. It's amazing. Why don't we meet in a metro station <laughs> and discuss it? Yeah. Very good.
3: That's one way to deal with this.
4: Any other thoughts
3: on how we deal with uh, with with fans who are now larger than fans and presume to do what we what, what we're supposed to do?
7: Tell Jim. them to back off. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, there there is. I mean, there is a sense of entitlement. I think these people who are making shows and they're on shows that are. They don't. They're being a little protective about it. There is there is a sense of entitlement. I mean, well, you just said you would kill them, so I guess that's... <laughs> push them.
4: But where would it go? Yeah.
7: yeah, but there is sort of a sense of entitlement, and that's both a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, yeah. if, if I'm sure that uh, uh, Carlton didn't take it well that someone said there or or uh, X Files that they re- redid right. uh, his yeah. scripts. I mean, that's that's I mean that's your work, and right. someone's telling you, you got it wrong. It's it's like it's like when we. It's like when critics make picks and, and at the end they're like, You forgot. No, no, actually I didn't forget. I didn't right. I chose I didn't choose that one for a purpose. But I right. mean so those people they, they feel really entitled. Yeah. And that's and that's fine too, but there probably is lines, especially for, yeah. for these people, there's probably lines that get crossed all the time.
6: Yeah. Totally. I'm just curious when they said that they, <laughs> they corrected it, what what did they like? break into the WGA library? I mean, like, who were they correcting it for? I think
3: they had done transcripts of the shows from playing them over and over again and, 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 and writing it out.
6: But they just corrected I mean, all it the for themselves. the catalog that way. Sorry? See, I mean, to me, I think that's kind of sweet. Mm. I, honestly, I, I think that's... I mean, I, I like, if they, if they like... Someone had the power to take the cut and change it, right. I would be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, I think totally. that someone cared enough about something that that I created, that they that they took it that to heart, I think, because it's
4: actually really moving. Yeah, no, Quite seriously, I mean, when, when you make something, you put it out there, uh, you know, it's everyone's right to respond to it the way in which, you know, they, they want. I mean, they can like it, they can hate it, uh, they can rewrite a version of it, you know, and put it out onto the Internet. They can write their own recaps. Uh, you know, you have professional critics, you have amateur critics. I mean, you are letting go of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, and any form of engagement, you know, any, any reaction is a valid and interesting one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and at least that's a level of engagement where someone cares so deeply about the show that they're willing to invest a lot of time in, in yeah. you know, rethinking it, I guess. And why not? Yeah. And that's that's and
5: what the whole creative internet is, is, you know, yesterday Orange is the <laughs> New Cat came out. And, uh, you know, people <laughs> are going to rehash, mash up do whatever they want with the show because they love it and because they care about it. I, I agree, it's a, it's, a, it's a sign of love, yeah, for sure.
2: And I think also from the actor's perspective, just to tack on, it, usually the feedback that we get, or for ourselves on Orange at least, the feedback that is, you know, it's always, it feels like a place of love that it's coming from. And right. just the, an expression, they wanted to just share their experience yeah. with you, yeah. less a, a comment or critique of it, but more so just an appreciation for what it is that you put out there for yeah. them.
3: Yeah, yeah, well said. I mean, TV has got so good that I think people are pulled out of that laid-back, couch-potato posture with which they used to watch Dukes of Hazzard and they're being kind of pulled forward and right into a kind of participatory mode where they actually want to start writing fanfic or something, so absolutely. Well, yeah, be, because
4: to, it's uh, an ongoing thing, uh, y- unlike a movie where it's done, it goes out, you could communicate with the director, the actors, but their work is done. They're not right. going back and... Television's ongoing so there's a, a real live organic uh dialogue conversation that can happen between the me- people who make the show and the people who watch it it's unlike anything else and i think that's fantastic it wasn't possible 10 years ago yeah totally and it creates maybe some of that intimacy that uh that carrie was talking about
7: tim did you well, no. i think that there could be a, also a downside i mean, not to, to play the negative here but i mean there is the whole damon lindelof situation with lost i mean that that's you know it, you can make a joke about it but when you when you in recently I'm sure people who follow Lost and if they've read anything that he's talked about recently it's, it's kind of tragic I mean it's people say oh let it go he can't let it go because people said you know he gave his life to a show it's very personal and when he talks about uh, that a lot of the characters came from his personal experiences. And so when the show's over and basically the world is telling him that he fucked up right. uh, and they're mad at him, it yeah. never goes away, right? Yeah. And then, then, they don't, then they don't want him to do yeah. the leftovers for HBO because they don't want him to blow it. They don't want to like, build up secrets and not pay them off. So yeah. I think that there is kind of a dark side to it too um, where yeah. when their involvement crosses a yeah. line, it's, I mean it's hard. I mean, it's great that they, for a while... But it, can, but it can turn to yeah, totally. And I think you know we see the shadow of a uh, big data coming, where creative
3: decisions will be made by machines effectively, and and uh, and and so we know that uh, some of the best art is created by people. You know, effectively living in their own fortress uh, protected from comment and the criticism that would drive it to the middle or, or damage some part of the enterprise. So yeah, there's a, a big argument to be made, I think, for restating what is the kind of traditional avant-garde position, which is I don't care Who's watching? And I don't care what they think. I just need to make what I make, kind of, kind of thing. So listen, let's. Uh, we have not much time left. Jeez, I, 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 please. I apologize for not having left time for more questions. Could we, could we take some questions? I see a hand. Uh, th- yes, please.
6: A teaser is foreplay, and a, <laughs> a spoiler is sex.
3: <laughs>
6: well <done>. Sarah, please. <laughs> Have you guys uh, had conversations with your staff about the appropriate amount
4: of time before you can start talking about serious plot points? Like, you're pretty comfortable talking about Zoe now. I don't know if there was a time you weren't, or like, there was a specific time you could discuss. Uh, well, certainly, before release, nothing like uh, they can 't even tell their spouses you know i mean uh it, it we 're really draconian about that. Uh, I mean everyone wants to keep it secret, so it's it's a collective effort to make sure that we 're all rigorous about that um, uh, after release it's it's you know it's it's tough you kind of play it by ear you know it's um I didn't want to do a lot of interviews after the release if I knew the questions were all going to be about Zoe. Like, I didn't want to talk about it because I knew that some people weren't going to get to it in those first 72 hours. Um, After a couple months, you figure there's enough out there uh, that people have already said that uh, if if, if they're endeavoring to avoid it, they have found a way and they will avoid this interview too. Uh, and I make sure that I always ask the reporter. I can't force them to. Big spoiler alert. You know, if you haven't watched season two, don't read further. Uh, you know, a certain amount of time passes, and, and you know, what are you going to do? Never talk about your show? Um, I guess you could do that. It'd make life a lot easier. You know, uh, but uh, but but yeah. I mean, I, there's no sort of rule. There's no like, on August seventeenth, you can finally talk about Zoe. You know, it's not like that.
5: And I think also um, fans tell you where the line is because they'll start to talk about something if they're comfortable with it, and then you know it's safe to play in that space. Um, with Zoe in particular, we made a conscious marketing decision to to build her up, and we featured her everywhere, and we featured Kate in all of the press, and we built her up into this um, to create the illusion that she was going to be a huge part of, uh, of season two and to build make that shock even greater it
4: was it was hilarious because like Kate and I did a like CBS this morning thing, and uh, the interviewers were saying we can 't wait to see what happens with your character I mean you know um, can you tell us anything about this season because I mean clearly she 's like sort of pitted against Frank and you know is she going to uncover and da 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 and like we're just sitting there and being like, you know, she's going to last, you know, we knew she was going to last 37 minutes. You know? <laughs> you know, she's like on the covers of magazines and things like that. And it's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Another question? Yes, please. Please. I was wondering, for phone
3: Kyrie, how does social media affect your writing process? Do you think, let's leave a pause here to the fans are about the 3D on Twitter after the shop in the moment? What was the last
2: part? I didn't hear the last part. Like, how does
6: No, I mean, I think that's a different part of your brain honestly than the part that writes I think I think when you 're writing you're so inside the world that you're writing that you're not you're not thinking about that part um, i it, the social when I enjoy social media is after it 's aired you know that's when it's really fun to kind of look at it to see what people what people liked and responded to and um, just get the feedback then but I think when you're inside of it you're just inside of it.
4: I think that's an incredibly dangerous and non-creative way of thinking. I mean, it's it's you start you're you're now pandering to what someone's social media experience might be based upon your anticipation of how they'll react to a certain moment, which is something you can never even predict to begin with. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's it's it, it would be like I, I don't know. Um, it'd be like saying, "Okay, I'm we're gonna." We're not going to have dialogue for the next four seconds because we want to wait for the laugh. You know, like that might work in the theater, like the <laughs> actor responding to. But it's it's a, it's a schematic way of thinking when you're doing storytelling. And as soon as you get into schematic thinking, you stop uh, discovering and you start doing math.
0: <laughs> and there's
4: nothing worse
3: than math. Now, uh, there was I think another. Let's if we could make this to the last question.
0: Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, on Roswell, uh this this show is a serialized drama. And um so, you know, r- r- like any other show I've ever been on is they have every episode is it's a standalone episode. So it doesn't really matter. You can say whatever you want. But um but like unless they have like a two parter or something there is there is nothing to blow, but with revenge there's you know I, there's just nothing I can say. I actually realize something that I do spoil uh sometimes because and this is just an interesting thing um I have to live tweet sometimes mm. along with the episodes mm. and not every territory sees it at the same time oh. so i you know. Like people will say something to me, and I'll respond. You know, they'll be like, "I can't believe this person died," or whatever, and and I'll be like, "Yeah, I know," but like my response confirms this. I mean, of course, it's already out there that the person died, but um, but that's a weird thing that I'm having to deal with, um, like the guilt um, of of blowing it for some people, because you know, like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. We all know, we all know. Anyway, very good.
3: So listen, you know, this is we're watching this. Extraordinarily rapid cultural evolution taking place in the world of TV, and we're watching. You know, all of us are undergoing a rapid evolution in response to what's happening there. Spoilers is one of the centerpieces here, and I think this has been a useful discussion. I've certainly found it illuminating. Uh, please, would you join me in thanking our distinguished panelists?